Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert Don Pizzette, DevOps engineer Justin Dennison, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter. Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. And I don't say this lightly, but I feel like this is the kind of episode that's going to change lives. For the best. <laughs> For the better. Yeah, we change something yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be our own when Peter. they're like, hey, so Justin. Yeah, you've been indicted. Well, yeah, you've uh, you've got a summons. This is going to be a career-changing You've episode. been served. <laughs> You're familiar with the term hate speech. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, wow. Yeah. That, well, it's Justin we're talking about. That's yeah. not no big old pile of hate. <laughs> so we've got, uh, got a lot of good news today. We're going to talk about an old classic uh, that's coming back. And we're also joined by a special guest. We have Cody Cornell on the line, who is the CEO of Swimlane. How are you doing, Cody? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Where, where are you joining us from today, actually? Uh, I am in Louisville, Colorado. Louisville, Colorado. So is it cold there? Area, somewhere between Denver and Boulder is generally how it's described. Okay. For the viewers at home, they couldn't see him air quoting Louisville, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was not familiar with what's, that. What's that the temperature lovely. there? Uh, we're probably in the high 30s, low 40s. It's a nice day. No snow. It's coming tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you describe as a nice day. No you guys snow. hiring at all? <laughs> no snow here. It's 7,000 well. degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> that's just in the studio. Yeah. 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 Outside, it's it's cold for it's, Florida. It's like, like 65,000 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Outside, it's like. Yeah. Humidity is only 90% today. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice day. Hey, uh, let's go ahead and get to know Cody a little bit better in our first segment, Rapid Fire Questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? Perfect. All right, uh, Cody, I'm going to start out with the first question, uh, and it's an easy one, a softball here. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of a, a background about uh, Swimlane, kind of like the elevator pitch? Tell us what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, e everyday organizations are struggling with the people component of security. So how do I actually respond to all the alerts, uh, respond to all the notifications, keep up with all the intelligence information that's flowing at me? And uh, quite frankly, folks have realized that even with huge budgets for staff, uh, there's not enough people to actually keep up with that level of work. So folks are obviously looking to automation to uh, be a force multiplier for staff and, you know, make them a lot more effective and uh, allow them to do a lot more work in a given day. And it's also, you know, as a former analyst myself, uh, allows me to do a lot more fulfilling work as opposed to a lot of the hand cramming and, uh, you know, manual work that you typically have to do as a security analyst. And people always do seem to be the problem. <laughs> yeah, we talk about so, that all yeah, the time. We make the joke all the time, like, man, this is this looks like it's broke. It's just we can't fix it. What's the solution here? And I'm like, hold on. Are people involved? <laughs> yeah. There you go. I've isolated the problem. <laughs> yeah. So you said something about automated notifications. Uh, what about any type of responses or actions that are taking? Are those automated as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the core of the product, are, are we integrate with hundreds of different technologies. So, yeah, the ability to take action and uh, Third-party systems is obviously core to what we do. So, you know, as an analyst, I don't want to have to create a, you know, a ticket if I see something. I don't want to have to send out an email notification. I don't want to have to add a, you know, an IOC to a, an ACL on my network or my perimeter. I want that to happen automatically based on some of the other work that's happening on, uh, inside of the environment or based on some other information that's available. So, yeah, that, that's really the goal there is to have those thousands and thousands of things a day uh, actually, you know, happen for me automatically. So you mentioned that you worked in the IT security industry. What made you decide to jump out and, and kind of go out on your own, try your own product, create a startup like this? Was there no one else provides anything of this nature? Uh, at the time, there was limited options. So, you know, I'd spent 15 years building uh, 
security ops teams, right? So policy and procedure, staffing up teams, deploying technologies, be it SIM or endpoint or whatever they might be. And just myself struggled uh, immensely with, you know, keeping up with all the work that was coming down, be it audit support or vulnerability scans, or just the, the new intelligence that was, was hitting our desks every day. Um, tried to build it out as something of the, you know, existing products that were out there, maybe a ticketing system or some type of collaboration suite. But at the end of the day, it was those integrations in the third party systems uh, and that ability to kind of customize them to what a security ops team's needs on a day to day basis was really important for us. So uh, that's, you know, there was nothing really available at the time. So we really started building it uh, to solve for ourselves, our own problem and obviously realized we weren't alone in that struggle. Now, Cody, you work with uh, large organizations and governments as well, uh, but how do the threats that they encounter differ from maybe like a smaller corporation? Um, I don't I know the threats are different. I, I think that the risks are commensurate with the size of the organization. They, they have a lot of the same technologies. I think one of the big differences is as you move down market, there's a lot more uh, SaaS-based technology that you're protecting versus, you know, probably hosted or data center type infrastructure. So um, I, I think the threats are a little bit different. Threats are associated with data loss, associated with, you know, can I get access to your Salesforce infrastructure, your CRM, uh, as opposed to something that's probably a SAP deployment that's living inside of your data center. So I think that the impacts can be, you know, commensurate with the size. I just think the the types of technologies that people are using, depending on the size of the organization, is, is very different. Uh, you know, as you can move down market, obviously SaaS based products are a lot more common. So my, my last question here, uh, are, are you calling uh, us from an Ikea? It looks uh, uh, it's nice no, to the list. That is, this is uh, the take all the piles of stuff that's usually sitting behind me on, my, on uh, that uh, sidebar there and move them all. If you can ah. see over here, I'd have a, I have a small liquor collection, uh, oh. a, a pile of books, uh, you know, all, all the things you typically see there, but uh, the team decided it was probably who me not to leave all that in behind here. So I was going to comment earlier that it is literally the cleanest office of anyone we've <laughs> ever, ever interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a mirror back there, though, it sounds like over here is a pile of my coping mechanisms. <laughs> with all the stress. Yeah, and this is Colorado, so there's additional coping. <laughs> what mechanisms. is this? It looks like a dec- no. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's a lovely vase. Yeah, yeah I don't know. No, it's got a, a weird musical instrument. On the side. <laughs> it's an oboe. Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you, uh, and also thank you for your service. I understand you uh, you were active duty for a while. Yeah. Did, did that, did that? Uh, I spent five years in the Coast Guard. Um, I mean, I have good friends that are Marines and in the Army. So uh, I, I was in the service, but not in the same capacity as those folks that go into combat. So oh, but, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Battling drug dealers in the high seas. That's, that's frightening. Uh, <laughs> they're scary people and they've got submarines now uh, Justin knows all about it yep. <laughs> like, they yeah. shoot them guns I'll tell you what but, but seriously we gotta wrap this up pretty soon I gotta go meet a guy <laughs> uh, if you're gonna do Coast Guard though uh, Colorado's the place boat? to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, just mountains we got those mountain <laughs> boats hey, Lake, Trin- Lake Trinidad's pretty big no every day you're guarding to make sure the coast doesn't come yeah up to Colorado. That's a good point. I think that's what they're doing. All right, let's get to uh, our big story uh, of the week right now. And now, the news. All right, this one is from TheVerge.com. Motorola's foldable razor will launch on February 6th after delay. Pre-orders start on January 26th. And this is not a 20-year-old article we're talking about the razor, but it is back uh, in a big way. Uh, so first of all, any of you guys have a razor uh, back in the day? Oh, yeah, I did. You did? 
My dad had one. I never had my one. Dad. I bought one the day it came out. You were in line? I I didn't have to wait in line, oh, oddly wow. enough. Uh, a different time. I just walked into the store, and I paid $450 for Ooh. it, which was the most I had paid for a phone ever yeah. at that point. And uh, now I laugh at that. Did, did, <laughs> like, oh, I did wish. we just hear yeah. Don say, I'm better than you? That's kind of <laughs> what I just heard. He's like, I have more money than all of you. Uh, Cody, did you have a, a razor? Um, I wanted one, but I couldn't bring myself to drop the four hundred dollars. So I yeah. bought one of those really uh, ugly uh, phones that look like a candy bar. So okay. that was mine. That was yeah. my go-to. We weren't all born with this over spoon in our mouths, like yeah. uh, like Don over here. But, but well, I could make it worse and tell you like why I bought it because I I was going I was uh. going to France <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had first to be class. bougie like everybody <laughs> yeah. else. And it was one of the only phones. It was easy to swap a card out back then, uh. so I could use it overseas. So, yeah. oh, he had to buy two: one for his butler, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he could stay for old Chester, so he could follow him around. Uh, his uh, name was Reginald. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chester's his middle name. Well, what's interesting on this guy is it is uh, it's a foldable screen. So when you open it up, it looks basically like any other Android phone. Uh, and and I've watched the video on this Verge article because uh, the reporter uh, got his hands on it, and, and it's like a five minute video where he's testing all different ways, and, and it looks good compared to the other folds. Because I know it takes a whole lot more time to crack that screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest; I'd rather have two phones bolted together with a gate hinge. I like that idea too. But Don, you were saying you're worried about like one grain of sand, right? Well, yeah, like because you can't put a screen protector on something that's folding. Yeah. And then if you get one grain of sand in there, it's not going to scratch scratch just one screen. <laughs> it's going to scratch both of them. And did you see? I, I don't think it was The Verge. I think it was uh, Vice or somebody that put out an article. They they dug through the help documentation from Motorola and they mentioned, by the way, if bumps or swelling appear in the glass, that's okay. That's that's just a feature. That's a feature. Don't don't worry about it. It's it's for those tactile users of ours. Your phone has leprosy. Like, like, I love this bumpy phone. Yeah. I love stuff this. a Benadryl in the USB yeah. port. Yeah. yeah. So this is still not prime time technology, in my opinion. Huh. And yeah. the phone, the price. Did you guys see the price? Fourteen hundred bucks or something like that. What? I would say that's prime time technology at that price. Yeah. yeah I mean, well. <laughs> Don's going to buy two next week. <laughs> yeah. well, sure. He's like, I got one for each hand. He's got a trip to the Maldives coming up. <laughs> Just calls yeah. himself. Oh. He's like. Hello, oh, beautiful. Yeah. What's up? These phones are foldy. <laughs> so, so I take it no one in this room is considering it. Hell no. 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 Cody? Not happening. <laughs> no, not, no. Not on my radar right now. As you get older, you, you learn that that's dumb. So look uh, look next week uh, for our update article on uh, this being recalled and pre-orders being canceled. What was the phone? It was Samsung that had the, the phone? The, they, the Galaxy Fold. And that, they actually canceled the... The, that whole program folded, right? So, yeah, the. the oh, nice. I know. I good good one there. Oh, Justin, you're still using beepers, right? I got to find the rim <laughs> shot. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, let second. me get the rim <laughs> shot. Go ahead. I got it. I got it. I'm making a meet a guy. There we go. There's the rim shot. Sorry. We wrap this up. <laughs> if you need to run out, the submarine. No, we're good. We're good. That's how them phones got here on that submarine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why they got delayed. Coast Guard diverted us. Yeah. Coast Guard. Again. Uh, every right. time. Yeah. You know what makes me happy? No. That Cody's finding this funny. <laughs> We've entertained one. He's person. like, I remember shooting at Justin. <laughs> I like how I've become like this shifty drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the guy in this. They don't, they don't shoot at this. <laughs> Once they get in our waters, you're, you're good. I think. That's, oh, that's the it. rule. If they made it within 12 miles, you have to let now it go. Now you're just a normal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. I've read a, that. That's no. not actually a rule, is it? Actually a rule at all. <laughs>
please. They will light you up. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some angry phone calls yeah. in 20 years. And that's Peter Van Rysdale. Itpro.tv. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We've got a lot more news to get to. I got the top five articles of the week. So we'll do that right after this on TechNado with Don Pissette. I'm James Packer. I'm the General Manager of Kirk ISS based in the Cayman Islands. We look after IT for banks, governments and uh, various other organisations around the Caribbean. IT Pro TV for me first was a personal subscription. Used it for a little while, started to like it, then found out there was a business version. I started off with a small team there of about 20 staff. By the time I finished, I had 110 engineers in the field and we had dozens of IT Pro accounts with the guys training. And last year alone, they passed over 40 certs by using the online training. One thing I can say that, you know, you can't, I can't say for any others is IT Pro TV, I've seen it make people pass exams, help them with the virtual labs, the practice tests, and the ability to check your team are actually doing it. So it, it helps you to make sure you're getting return on your investment. One thing I particularly like about it, it lets you know how many times they've taken the test and whether they failed or not. I can watch it even if they're downloading. So even if they're watching offline, I know they've had a go at it. I built this structure whereas each time they passed an exam, they would get extra money within their salary. But it would also work invertly. If they didn't work towards it, they would lose their training account to go to another member of staff who wanted to do well for themselves and the company. Because in technology, everybody knows if you were to take an 18 month break, you'd be so far behind, it'd be incredible. I particularly enjoyed the fact with IT Pro TV, it was easy to use. I could download it, I could listen to it in the car, I could watch it on the train, I didn't have to be connected to watch. And if I was watching it across multiple devices, like my Apple TV in the house, I could see where I was and carry on watching it on my laptop. My current job, running a company in Grand Cayman, I never went for. They saw that I'd added the Azure and the Office 365 search onto my LinkedIn and headhunted me and uh, asked me to move out and help them out. I think I can safely say um, without IT Pro TV, I wouldn't be where I was today because I only got this job on the back of the qualifications I have. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pazette, and we're also joined by Cody Cornell today, and we're going to go ahead and jump right into the news now. Uh, first article we're hitting this week is on Ars Technica. Microsoft's sneaky plan to switch Chrome searches from Google to Bing. And so, uh, Don, you were you were giving the whole marketing team the other day the backstory on this. Right. Why don't you fill us in again? You know, when I first saw the headline, I thought my timeline got screwed up again. And it was like the late 90s and the EU lawsuit was going on. And, and, and Grandma had 14 different search bars. Yeah, yeah. 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 But unfortunately, this is a very, very current article. Uh, and with some of the new updates that Microsoft is rolling out as part of Office 365, they have decided that some of their functionality in order for it to work properly requires you to use Bing. And so when you update Office 365, if it sees you're using a default search engine other than Bing, it will install a browser extension and change your default engine to Bing. And the the reasoning on their side, uh, which is somewhat ridiculous, is they're saying, you know, your search results should be integrated into the Office 365 feed so it can suggest appropriate documents for you and help you keep track of your recent activity. But the reality is this is just another subtle dig to get people to use Bing. And I you know, I just assume we're all in agreement that Bing totally sucks. Uh, would you guys? Yeah, the whole time you've been talking, I've heard wah, 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 clippy, clippy, clippy. I would say at this point, because of what Google has done to the images search, that Bing images is better yes, it is. than Google images at this point. Yeah, because they do this weird thing where you can't actually grab the image. Right. 
Yeah, yeah people okay. like this There's weird... no copyrights in Bing. Yeah. Because no one <laughs> yeah. checks there. Plus the way that it's displayed, I just can't stand what they're doing, that whole hmm. sidebar instead of a... Don, I'm going to say it. It's horrible. I'm a Bing user. Cashed in another $5 Amazon <laughs> Grab card your yesterday. stuff, Peter. Grab your stuff. Well, Get out. Well, wait a minute. I use Google as well. The last comment, though, he, he is effectively being paid to uh, use Bing. He uses Google to find Bing. Yeah. Even, even DuckDuckGo has better search results yeah. than Bing. It's yeah. just not, it's not an effective search engine. All right, yeah. Cody, you're on the spot. What's your search engine of choice? Opera. You know, as a strong uh, Google user, uh, definitely a, a go-to from a Chrome Google perspective. But because I use G Suite, the integration of the Office and the search for documents in a single spot, as opposed to having to do search in two different spots, um, I'm not going to back the decision because it's probably for, for marketing ads. But uh, I, I can see some usability there, so that's kind of a cop out. But the, I, I do use that feature within Google a lot. So maybe if I was an Office 365 guy, maybe I would use it. I think the, the part where people are most up in arms is the fact that you could have already changed your default search engine and they're going to change it back. So this is another case of Microsoft because they've done this repeatedly where they undo your changes that you've made. Am I getting a Yahoo toolbar with this also? Uh, Lycos. And, and uh, McAfee. Lycos. Yeah, All of them. Install McAfee. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's my question. <laughs> There's very little real estate for the page. It's just toolbars. <laughs> so, Alta Vista. So does this affect me on a Mac? Uh, yeah, yeah, so actually, how, how it does. does that work? Because because screw you. Well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they don't own the operating system here. They don't they don't own they the own browser. you. So when I but when I install an update to three sixty five, I'm not going to get a notification that says even, would you like to make this your even on a Mac when you are updating Office, it asks for elevated privileges. You get uh, that prompt to do the update, and when you do that, that effectively gives them the permission to do whatever the heck they want. And Chrome, most of its data, most of its configuration is stored in your user directory, and they can easily throw in that extension the next time you launch it it changes your browser so how's that stir you t peter <laughs> hey so i'll be chained from bing to bing oh no yeah. uh, so, so peter the escalator that's where you type in your password without reading the prompt yeah oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. i was yeah. just making sure you knew so that. funny part if you're already using bing as your default engine it just doesn't install the extension it so it like just uh, skips that piece what you're gonna say. Well, i'll tell you what it jokes downloads, on you it downloads <laughs> firefox <laughs> it jokes on you because i don't install updates well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and hmm. that's why companies like Cody's have to exist because of people like you. <laughs> yeah. He's I can't wait till people. somebody like hijacks this process and like creates malware for it. Yeah. Probably could. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be Cody. It's like I'm not doing anything. What's wrong? Just click that link. <laughs> Cody, can you can you create an automated uh response that changes it back for everyone that's affected? Uh, I mean, technically, yeah. I'm just waiting for the day that we stop using IE to uh, set half of the settings on a Windows box. I'm oh, really hoping that. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure I'm coming to work that day. Just so we're clear, okay. I'm going to have like a celebratory drink, maybe a nice breakfast. Well, you know, actually, I'm I'm glad he brought that up because um, Cody was swimming. You see a ton of of organizations. Like, is the Windows Seven utilization really that high out there amongst government enterprise? Um, we don't see it a lot, uh, in, in all honesty. So, I mean, I, I know it's out there. It's, it's, it's usually the thing that no one really uh, is doing any sysadmin work. It just happens to run and hasn't died yet. Um, but from an end user computing perspective, it's, it's pretty rare from, from what we see. All right. Well, our next story, uh, also deals with windows. So uh, let's find out if this is, uh, better. Uh, PCWorld.com says black wallpaper bug from windows sevens final update will get fixed. Oh, that's why finals in quotes. Yep. Yes. And their subheadline is dead OS walking. So 
Windows what we're saying 7. we had the the last version of it, but now we're saying, hey, we still got to patch this because this is right. So last week, the the last free update of Windows Seven came out, and Microsoft announced that that was it. You know, end of support from Windows Seven. That if you wanted updates, you had to be part of one of the enterprise or government contracts. You had to pay for continuing support, and so there'd be no more public patches. Well, unfortunately, in their last security update, somehow they managed to bork up displaying wallpapers and they broke the stretch functionality so if you had a background image that was stretched to fill your screen all of a sudden it would become black and you know that used to be a function of if you failed to validate your license key right, right? if you weren't activated you get a black screen that's why and, i just changed all my wallpapers to black well in this case i mean you could switch to like the fill option or tiled. center tiled right yeah. all of those would work fine it was if you had stretched that it would go black and so this affected something so basic in the operating system that even microsoft had to say whoops, we'll go ahead and roll out another update. Because they didn't want you to uninstall the update because there were security patches in there. Uh, and so now they're going to have to push that out. So there'll be another another update. Software is a weird process. You would be like, security updates. And we're going to mess up your wallpaper. Our bad. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure it's like, we changed this, it's connected. Well, they know this. you're not going to install the security updates unless it fixes that wallpaper bug. Well, well, I mean, the wall, that's supposed to be a fix in and of itself, right? Yeah, yeah it's fixing yeah. something else. I'm sure it was some developer that thought they looked fat. Uh, on, <laughs> like, oh, this stretches out my, I don't like the way this looks on the widescreen. I'm this black. Really shut it down. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's strange. Things like these happen. You know, you get some security patch for the IPv6 protocol stack, and all of a sudden, Notepad won't save anymore. So you this, know, <laughs> so it's not like if a, I had a nickel. I thought you were going to say that. Oh, and that uh, made them discover some glaring deficiency in in Windows, where now people can do something and have access to your system. But this is just you're literally they're putting out a patch just to fix. The they discovered paper. that yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, well, well, Microsoft is done discovering, right? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're letting other people discover in Windows 7. <laughs> Isn't that the point of ending support? Yeah. So why why are they doing this? Why are you asking so many questions? So they're continuing to sell support to, uh, I know the Navy is on board, several other organizations are on board with paying sure. for So they're already support. making the fix. Right. So they might as well distribute that okay. one as like a goodwill effort, I suppose, uh, you know, something. But they, they really want you to just go to Windows 10 yeah. where wallpaper works great. <laughs> a goodwill effort to the people that aren't using their their <laughs> new stuff that don't listen. That's, that's basically it. That's nice. That's a good feature. <laughs> All right. Are, are you still on, on Windows 7, Cody? Uh, yeah, I run it every day on my <laughs> on my uh, mobile device, my, my Razor. On your Razor. <laughs> that thing is solid. <laughs> I, thought, the razor. I thought he was going to say in a VM on my Windows XP machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's, mm, I love it. I don't connect it to the internet. XP's got all the security for me. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Air gap it and you're set. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, funny. that's that's like a government thing. It totally happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's sitting in a room somewhere. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's shift over now to our next article. We're back over at theverge.com. Apple's iPad changed the tablet game ten years ago. It raises today. the dead. Is it is it today? Today yeah, or uh, the date, actually it would have been ten years ago yesterday. Yeah. It's the yeah. digital necromicon. He <laughs> <laughs> so, actually took over large parts of like southern Europe with it. I'm going to make a uh, a prediction here that Don bought an iPad that day. I didn't. 
No, in fact, I was gifted to you. Uh, I was given one. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. It was a well, it was a boss's gift. From his he was like, yeah, he was like, was like, Steve Jobs. Sir, you've been so good to me. All of us in the kitchen got together. <laughs> yeah. Did you get one? Were you there? No, I wasn't there uh, at that time. Daniel and I worked together at a company years ago, and uh, and yeah, that was they they gave us iPads. Uh, I thought it, you were going to say Jobs walked <laughs> off stage and handed me the one he was showing because I was there. Yeah, uh, it was weird I'm that he Steve. said. My liege. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what'd you think? Were, were you a? I mean, I was one of the skeptics at first, and and I'll admit that sure. I was very much wrong. So I had I had zero intention of getting one. Right? They were I don't remember a thousand dollars. I think when they first came were they out, that they, much? they were they were a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it was an unproven technology. It had no keyboard, and I hate touch keyboards. So there's all these negatives to it. I had no intention to buy it. But no uh, multitask. Yeah. But and I it was given slap, one. Break your nose. And. I'll tell you, you know, we used to have, we used to jokingly call it the living room laptop. So there's you know, cheap old laptop that stayed in the living room from when we needed to solve an argument on the internet. Uh, and the iPad immediately replaced that. But just the, the convenience of touch, it really, that's really what sold touchscreens to me. Uh, you know, laptops that had touchscreens up to that point were just kind of a joke. Even Wacom tablets were great for artists, but they weren't great for end users. Uh, and the iPad really brought that home. But also the fact that it was a, a walled garden that was fairly secure. I mean, there were a lot of jailbreaks in the early days, but you could give one to a family member or a co-worker and know that it was pretty safe. You started seeing iPads pop up in building lobbies because they knew they could use it for a check-in system and it was relatively more secure. So there were a lot of positives to it. And it's continued to evolve. And I think it's probably fair to say even today that the iPad is really the only successful tablet, right? Are any of the other tablets, like the Samsung ones are terrible. Do we count the Surface as a tablet? I don't. I mean, in its current iteration, I don't think so. Yeah, I will say uh, I had a Google Nexus yeah, Fire yeah. for a while. Yeah, I right. liked it. Yeah, um, but I don't think it was as successful because they like bounced it. Um, They're still but, making fires though, right? Yeah, like yeah, the, Amazon, the Kindles, yeah. yeah, which are designed to be you know budget tablets. Yeah. You get one for under two hundred dollars. You get one for your kid. To, 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 yeah, to, you, you know, do. I'm not going to give you the iPad. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and that that's a perfect market for them. But yeah. aside from that, uh, I know I used to have an Asus Transformer where it had the keyboard and you could pop it off. And I so, remember you. Yeah, 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 I loved that thing. It was great, but they just weren't getting the sales. I'm not even sure if Asus makes a tablet right now. So what is this now? Is this the current iteration of the, the iPad? That you got on the table. One ago? Uh, no, there, there's one that came out after this. So the mine's Ronnie two years just old. got a brand new one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty They're happy. way lighter than they used to be. Is it, oh, this so one yeah. better? Oh. You like this one better? Yeah, yeah. For a little while, I went to that the Pro, the twelve point nine inch, the really big one. Oh yeah, this is not that. And yeah, I did go back to the slide because now they go almost edge to edge with the screens. It's, it's really impressive. So well, this uh, this iPad here might be that first one. <laughs> it's got the thirty pin connector on the I, back. I this will is, I will tell you this um, is the one that runs. If they slide effects. off your headboard and hit you across the bridge of the nose, <laughs> you're done. They will bust your face up. <laughs> yeah, you are yeah. done. So I've heard. Yeah, that's uh, from a friend. Yeah. It happened to me. Yeah, the, uh, the first to... generation was actually a little bit thicker than that yeah. one too. Yeah. And and it's surprising if you go back. Like Ronnie still has his first generation one. Uh, how heavy it was. Yeah. Was well, he's going to take that on antique. I've just seen Justin like hammer drunk playing Candy Crush. He was like, oh, it's three a.m. I better put it away. So it slid down. It slid down off a notebook I had up there. It caught me across the bridge of the nose. And this was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I sit straight up. And I was like, oh, no. And I just start pouring blood into my hands. And I'm like, I need help. Not again. Not <laughs> it's like somebody took the back part of a sword and smacked me across the nose with it. And then I had to go to work the next day. 
And I was a school teacher at the oh, time. Oh, I can explain that. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, at a fight club last night. <laughs> I've got a different stairs. story every time. So I'd be like, what happened to you? would be like, I don't know. This guy was staring at me at the bar last night, so I hit him. <laughs> and then he wailed on me pretty good. With the Somebody didn't turn in their math homework. <laughs> yeah. You should see him. Hey, so, Cody, I'm curious. You, uh, I'm guessing based on your last answer that you uh, had one of the Google tablets instead. Uh, I, actually, no. I've... Yeah. I've been a big fan of the iPad. I don't. I don't think anybody's done content consumption for people who travel a lot better than the iPad. It's just on the plane, on the move, all, all the apps. It's just it's unparalleled. I, I I'm a total fanboy of the pan, iPad. Yeah, and I know Don, you you don't even take the a laptop when you travel these days, right? You're taking the iPad right, with yeah, the keyboard. I, I stopped years ago, and one of the main reasons for that was that I knew that the iPad was encrypted. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's basically. Got well. It used to have this, you know, the uh, fingerprint scanner. Now the facial scan. So it was a pretty secure device. As far as if somebody stole it, I really wasn't worried about it. Versus if they stole my laptop, you know, that encryption is a lot harder on a laptop, and you worry a little bit more about that. And the cost of a laptop is higher. So well, it, speaking of uh, having your your data breached, uh, let's head over to our next article at Vice.com, with a really nice visual there. Uh, leaked documents expose the secretive market for your web browsing data. And a vast antivirus subsidiary sells, quote, every search, every click, every buy on every site. Uh, its clients have included Home Depot, Google, Microsoft, Pepsi, and McKinsey. So what's going on here? All the, the browsing data from the past? is uh, How is it secretive? I just kind of <laughs> That's, what, that's the first happening. thing I thought. All right. So the way this one went down is Avast, if you've not heard of it, is a free antivirus suite. And you used to hear people say this all the time, like, oh, you don't have antivirus? Just install Avast. It's free. Yeah. Right? Well, nothing in this world is free. And the, Daniel and I were talking about it earlier. The saying is, if if you didn't pay for it, then you are the product. And so people knew Avast was making money somehow, right? And what happened is they had a secondary like subsidiary company whose name I have forgotten now. Um, uh, Do so, we cheat them in half? Click and clack. So they yeah. had a, a subsidiary company, and what they would do is they would collect a jump all, shot. A, a jump shot. Jump that's shot. it. They yeah. would collect all of your information, and then they would anonymize it, and I'm air quoting that, yeah. uh, because you can't really anon anonymize URLs. They tell you they do, but they really can't. Uh, they would anonymize it, and then they would turn around and sell it to companies that needed demographic data and, and all sorts of, of other stuff, uh, all, all sorts of marketing telemetry, right? Well, if you think about it, like most web browsers are leaking your data. We know Google Chrome, Google collects everything. And, and we did that interview just a few months ago with the uh, CSO of uh, Brave, yeah. right? The Brave yeah, browser, browser that's, that's all designed to, to help protect privacy. But if it's your antivirus software, it doesn't matter what browser you use. It doesn't matter if you drop to an incognito window or private mode or whatever your browser has. Wait, it doesn't? It doesn't matter because most antivirus software is proxying your web connection one way or another. And if they aren't, then they're usually using a browser extension of some sort because all of them offer safe search or we'll check your URL to make sure you're not going to a malicious site. Well, that means they have to see your URL and they see everything. And they see the applications that you run. Antivirus has more access to your system than any other software, really, after the kernel, because it's hooked in at a really low layer. So they were collecting all of that data and then turning around and selling it. Now, we hear about stuff like this. And what made this article stand out for me was that there were documents that leaked from Avast 
that actually had the amount companies were paying for this data. We don't normally know that, right? We hear they're selling about how much money they make. Now, they have a customer list that included, I mean, you rattled off, what, five companies? Home Depot, Google, so that's five. Uh, I think there's another five or six companies listed throughout the article, uh, a ton of different organizations. But they found paperwork from one company in particular way, this is like way down at the bottom of the article. Yeah, this is a very in-depth article. uh, So we'll we'll definitely post the uh, URL for this in the YouTube description. So they pick up. They found they, they know. Uh, documentation for one organization that had paid uh, first off to get connected to their program with all of this data. It was something like a hair over $2 million. And then they paid again yeah. two other years in a row. The fee for so, data in 2020 and then 2021 is listed as 2.225 and then 2.275. Yeah, and so that's for this uh, this that's service. from Omnicom. Uh, they had the Insight feed and the All Clicks feed. Uh, all Clicks feed. I mean, this isn't even discovered. Like, did, did, so. did you say OCP? What, <laughs> what you're telling me is, is that if I'm a virus writer out there, I'm gonna quit ransomware right now and just start collecting user information, clicks, URLs. And so, sell a net. <laughs> so there's at least eight companies mentioned in this article, uh, but really, I mean, they, they go on to, to mention that there had to be others, right? Assuming they were all paying $2 million a year for access to this fee, that's over $16 million for a free antivirus product. Now you can see why it's free, and yeah. you can see how you get monetized as a person. And they, uh, they said, well, users could opt out. But users didn't even know what was happening in the first place, so they didn't know to opt out. Uh, Avast has come out and said, we've stopped doing that. We're not doing that anymore. We yeah. promise. Yeah, right. We're not doing um, it like that anymore. And so, so yeah, so that, we've that's moved that checkbox that was hidden on that page where you could opt out to a different page that's still hidden. Hey, Cody, uh, what percentage of swim lane sales are from selling uh, the government's data? <laughs> oh, he got uh, really quiet. About 0.0%. <laughs> there we go. I was like, Just a hair this is where we got to take okay. yeah. I, I know he was just turning the mic back on, but that, that long pile, or silence. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh man, Peter, we are definitely getting swatted later today. He's like, well, I got to pull up our quarterly earnings report. Up zero percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The connection's bad over here. I got to. <laughs> now, I mean, this this is basically like data exfiltration, and uh, uh, with Swimlane, you're, you're monitoring logs, alerts, things like that. Would would you would you have a mechanism for being able to detect when information like this is being sent out from a company? Um, and in our case, no, our, our software is deployable software. So it's running inside of their environment or their cloud environment. So their VPC, if they're an AWS shop or something similar. So no, that that's all internal to them. Um, if we gathered, you know, any type of telemetry data, it would be, is the product running? Are the playbooks executing? Are the integrations still functioning? We, you know, we would never want to have payload data. All right. So in this scenario, like the users don't know it's being collected on the network side. It's incredibly difficult for us to even see the data is being collected. So we just have to have an awareness in general, which we generally don't. Like we don't know what these companies do with our data. And Avast is the one that's in the spotlight right now. But in theory, any of the antivirus providers could be doing this. So it it just goes to show how important it is that we vet any software that's deployed in our environment. And how much worse would it be if you're paying for your antivirus and they're still then turning around and and making money on both ends? And this is not new. I mean, uh, some of you guys are probably old enough. Do you guys remember Bonsai Buddy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the little purple monkey people would install on their desktop and, uh, you know, you would think... Right next to Weatherbug. And Tiny Elvis. (laughs) Weatherbug also. Yeah. God, I... Daniel and I used to work at an insurance company, and we would have people running WeatherBug, and I would have to go and remove it and tell them, like, look, this thing is leaking your data. We cannot have you running this application. And people would get mad. 20 minutes later, it's right back on the system. Yeah, We ended up having to do network What was the wallpaper software they love so much? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. It was a different wallpaper every day. That was important to them. Yeah. 
It's and crazy. I mean, they were nice wallpapers. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, speaking of someone who probably installed that, on the, what were you going to say, Tiny no, Elvis? I was going to say, you brought up the Elvis thing. And Remember I was Tiny thinking, Elvis? Oh, oh, oh. Um, he was like the bonsai buddy. Yeah. yeah. So when I was a kid, I tried to remove him, and I couldn't know. I didn't know how to turn him off, so I just deleted the little, the little <laughs> the icon. icon. But now, just, you just be on my computer randomly, you hear, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's still there. It, oh, like, man. Oh, no, mom's so, going to kill me. Look at that window, side, man. That sucker's huge. Side story, I had changed all the... The, um, all the, the system sounds on my Windows 95 system back in the day to Eric Cartman, <laughs> right? And anytime my uh, cousin was trying to do a, a typing tutor, and every time you got something wrong, you got a system error, and it was Cartman just screaming at you. She's like, make this thing shut up! <laughs> I was dying. Uh, now, well, the same thing happened to Jeff Bezos the other day. Uh, let's look at our next article here from UPI. Uh, UN urges probe over report Saudi prince hacked Jeff Bezos's phone. So I don't think we're going to get into the the politics of, of who done it, but more the how done it. So it, it looks like it was WhatsApp, and they, he yeah. allegedly was sent a video from the Saudi prince, which that's just a weird sentence to say. <laughs> and then... Clicking on that was able to actually. You don't get videos from the Saudi prince. Is it? I don't. No, well, not on that phone. Is, so, it, is this the? Is this the Amazon Fire phone? No, no, it isn't okay. actually. So, uh, it's so the this new was razor. this was 2018. <laughs> the Fire phone had failed well in advance of that. Uh, there are so many levels to this article. It's confusing. You, why would a Saudi prince be emailing Jeff Bezos? We have to remember that. Jeff Bezos and Amazon bought the Washington Post, mm-hmm. so a media outlet, and there has been some negative press for the Saudis after the. Uh, Alleged murder. Well, he was a Washington a, Post reporter, yeah. right? And so, Khashoggi, uh, Khashoggi. So yes. So it looks like you know there have been some targeted attacks at Jeff Bezos, and this one was pretty advanced. It was a video that he received via WhatsApp, and when you play the video, it actually had a malware payload embedded in it that was incredibly sophisticated. Just watching the video was enough to infect the phone, and what they were able to show was that. On a normal day, he had egress traffic from his phone that was about 400 to 500K uh, kilobits. I think it was kilobits, not kilobytes. Well, either way, it's not that big of a difference yeah. um, uh, of, of data that was coming out of that phone. And then after that date, after playing the video, it was always over 100 megabytes of data moving out of that phone per day, which is an incredible amount of data. You don't normally have that much on your phone. You don't think he was just sharing the video with his friends then because it well, was so good? Certainly could be. You know, he... Uh, well, I don't know if we want to branch into that. Some of the photos that he's texted, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we see all those now because that's. How, I mean, this this led to the end of his marriage, right? Did that come out from this? Because I know really no, that was different, right? Because it wasn't that his his girlfriend sent some pictures to her brother, and her brother sold them to what, TMZ. No, that, I think that's, that's right. a little different. All I heard was a bunch of people have money. Oh, <laughs> again, you know, this guy. I mean, he got divorced. He lost half his fortune, and he was still like the number. Yeah, he's the richest person in the world. I think he'll be all right. But yeah, he's going to do okay. But the the bigger implication here, though, is that from just emailing you a link or, or texting you a link, sending you a picture, you could potentially have a device get compromised and have no visual confirmation that that's occurred. And so, unless you're monitoring your egress traffic, which normal people don't do, you don't even know this has happened. So you could be compromised for weeks, months, years, and and have no idea. Well, I really go, go yeah. ahead. No, I was just going to say. Uh, maybe that Ted Kaczynski guy was on to something. Maybe we should just go out in the middle of nowhere. Well, I I like to think that Steve Jobs planned for this. If you just buy a new phone every year, yeah. then it's like you clean your viruses. Oh, you're, you're set. So <laughs> I, I need to see I need to see a timeline on this whole thing because 
uh, I'm assuming that that they wanted to hack him after uh, the the negative reporting about about Saudi Arabia. So, and and it was very quick that people realized, uh, uh, you know, the the links to uh, to the the killing of of Jamal Khashoggi and and uh, the Saudi Arabian. So, are we saying that he got an an attachment from someone who he believes killed his employee and said, "Oh, let's watch this video. This should be fun." Well, so he got a message now. At this stage, I don't know if it was public knowledge that, you know, this had happened. And even even today, at this very moment, it's still allegedly, right? Like, sure. you know, and, and they've, they've paid out money and things like that. But, um, but there's a lot of odd activity centering around it. And there were a few other stories all kind of rotating around this. Uh, there was a... a Supposedly, the malware that was used was created by a company called NSO that's based out of Israel, and they—that's the company that, that Bezos hired to. No, no, this no, is this a is... this is a company that writes phone uh, spying software. Oh, I see. Okay. And they sell it to governments and organizations the other around side. the world. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, a long time ago, you would see applications running on your phone that were designed so that AT and T could check your phone to make sure it was working okay. Which is the same thing as saying that AT&T could then look at anything on your phone. So NSO figured out a way to exploit that. And then they started selling that to other governments, and including ours, including the U.S. We, mm-hmm. we buy this stuff, too, so it's not like we're innocent in this. Uh, but some governments then take that and use it to oppress people that are in opposition uh, parties and things. Sure. So uh, NSO has a, a rather speckled history you know, with, with a lot of, of weird stuff in the background like that. And so in this case, it looks like it was their software that was sold. And so they've done uh, where they've analyzed the phone and the traffic, and I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. The, uh, the Vice, Vice.com had a better write-up on it because they had uh, uh, the actual bandwidth and stuff that was being transmitted out. And uh, you can kind of get a handle on that time frame. But you know, if you start receiving a text and the text is a link, and then you get it again and again and again, most people eventually will tap on the link, like, I just want to see what it is, and I'm on my phone. Yeah. Phone won't get infected. I, I won't open this on my desktop. That's crazy. Let me try it on the phone. And you open it, and now your phone's compromised, but you don't know it. So that's, yeah. that's the I way mean, it I, I had no idea that you could get a virus just for... I, I know that like if you downloaded a video or you know an EXE or something at, at your computer that you could... I, I didn't know just playing a video. Yeah, in, in this case, the, the link was turned over to Apple and Apple... Pa- oh, so it was an iPhone. That's right, because they, they mentioned that you know Apple patched this right away. They put an emergency update oh, out for okay. it. Uh, but So that hackers, route wouldn't happen anymore. That right. specific. But okay. the, you know, the bad guys, they figure this stuff out and they don't tell Apple, right? Oh, <laughs> they get out and they use the hell out of it until they can't use it anymore. I, I, was, I was listening to Dark Knight Diaries the other day and they were talking about Project Raven or something to that effect. And it was um, uh, UAE, United Emirates, mm-hmm. and they have this group. And this lady that used to work for the CIA was working for them, and she discovered three O days for iPhones, and they were they were hammering, cranking them out. Yeah, they're like just because yeah. you think you have an iPhone, think you're safe, you yeah. better get real. I'll tell you what, I, I done are the days where I just open videos Anything. from Saudi princes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm on my submarine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I can't get you there. It's International waters. But yep. he's he's trying to make an order. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bro, I got you. I, hey, well, I know. <laughs> Cody, I want to thank you for taking the time today and uh, and, and giving us some insight into some things there. Uh, what's coming up for you guys right now at Swimlane? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's head down. Uh, we're headed to RSA uh, coming up in February, so we're pretty excited to be out there for that. Uh, we'll see a lot of our partners and customers and things like that. So if you're out there, you know, look us up, and you'll be good to get together. Yeah, it's the first year in a while uh, that I don't think we're going to have a presence there, but I'm sure. Uh, are, do you guys have a booth, or you're just, you're attending sessions and 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 meeting vendors and things? Yeah, we'll we'll be in and around RSA. So okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we won't have a booth this year. Fantastic. But if people want to uh, learn more about Swimlane, what's the best way to do that? 
Uh, easiest way is obviously swimlane.com uh, or reach out to somebody on LinkedIn. Uh, people are pretty sponsored that way as well. Hey, you say obvious, but you know, these days with domain extensions, you know, head over to swimlane.clown and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll find us. So. Uh, Thank I, you for clarifying. Should we go buy that right now? <laughs> check out, <laughs> check no out our Discord that? server. Uh oh. Yeah. Is, he, is he like frantically trying to make the order? Yeah. <laughs> He's go, calling someone right now. Daddy. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of which, uh, can we can we talk about our new domain? Oh, yeah. Booked, sure. I, I don't know if you've forwarded it yet. Yeah, it's done. Oh, man. I'm on the ball. Go, go ahead. Uh, you know, we our, our website, technado.com, which is internationally known sure, and uh, dominating the SEO charts for technical podcasts, uh, we decided it's just too much to type. It's a lot. Technado.com. So we now have a new domain, which is techne.do. <laughs> And uh, you know, thanks to our uh, our brothers in the Dominican Republic, we're able to offer that uh, and and save you really typing three characters and just the environmental impact alone. Uh, I think yeah. I think we've really and, done our part. And the GDP of the Dominican Republic just tripled, I think, yes. with that purchase. <laughs> Do we get carbon offset credits for that? We should. Was that a complice salt <laughs> to should. the Dominican Republic? It was. It was a, yeah. But it uh, is just set to forward. But it's fun. Techne.do. I think it's awesome. <laughs> Take that Dominican <laughs> Republic. Techne.do, yeah. Techne.do. Uh, so that is redirected now, and, and we'll update some links here that we mentioned in a second, but uh, I'm going to let you know about a couple things coming up. First of all, uh, we've got, oh, what do you got? I, I was just going to start hitting buttons. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, coming up uh, over at itpro.tv slash webinars, you can see our, uh, the next webinar from itpro.tv is Reimagined Performance Monitor. Uh, we changed the title after last week when I said Reimagined Perfmon and didn't understand what that meant. Um, <laughs> apparently, it was wrong as well. So We all know what perf mod is. Uh, that, that is Thursday, February 13th. So if you're looking for uh, something to do for Valentine's um, you know, with your loved one, uh, definitely a performance monitor <laughs> webinar uh, on the day before. That's 2 p.m. Eastern time with Mike Roderick and Anthony Sequeira. Uh, that's uh, the update you've been waiting for. So that's, that's just a Windows thing, right? Perf mod? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Uh, and then uh, while you're on the internet, head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado, which soon will be technado slash something. We'll, we'll get <laughs> that all worked out. Uh, IT Pro TV, you can find out uh, all about it there. You can get a 30% off code uh, for, for when you sign up for your personal account. You can also find out about the business options available for teams, uh, including the Pro Portal and all that good stuff. Uh, head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado. All right, well, uh, thank you everyone today. Thank you, uh, especially Cody, for uh, for joining us all the way from uh, from sunny Colorado. All right. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, gentlemen. All right. Any final thoughts from you guys? Uh, so did we change lives like you promised? I think we did. But uh, let us know in the comments uh, if your life was changed. And, um, and you know how you can always be ready to get your life changed more? How's subscribe. That? Oh, subscribe on, on yeah, on, on IT Pro T or to the thing. <laughs> I like how that didn't cross his mind at yes. all. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. I didn't, uh, no one uh, makes it What this are far you here for? <laughs> I don't have that written down like the other part. Brown, I'm it write is paper on straws. the last page. <laughs> it right. is the oh, last. It says it right here. No, it says it right here. There. Remember, subscribe, send in your questions uh, for our listener mail segment. Um, uh, you can do that at Twitter uh, at itprotv uh, using hashtag Technado questions. You know, if you just send it to at itprotv, we'll find it anyway. <laughs> hey, it's Peter. Yeah. One way or another. <laughs> so uh, that's going to do it for us. But we'll see you next week right here on Technado with Don Pizzetti.